Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444, Wednesday, August 18th. Today on the show, we've got a preview of Nashville SC's big match with Orlando on Wednesday night. We've got a couple of golden nuggets for you from the guys over at the Club and Country podcast, but we begin by talking with Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel to give us some insight into the Tennessee Volunteers' second scrimmage of fall camp. I don't know about you guys, but I don't make any big financial decisions or really any decisions without doing a little bit of research and trying to acquire as much information as possible. And when it comes to your home, a massive decision, a massive financial decision, like a renovation or a new addition, whatever it may be with your home, you got to have all the information to make a smart decision for you and your family. And this is where the Kingston Group comes in. They present you with all of the information on the front end. They give you the budget. They give you the timeline. They give you everything you could possibly need to make a sound and intelligent and maybe financially viable decision for your home and for your family. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The Kingston Group. The Tennessee Volunteers held their second scrimmage of the fall camp on Tuesday morning in the middle of a downpour. And to get more on what took place in Knoxville, we head up to the 865 and we talk with newly minted Tennessee beat writer from the Knoxville News Sentinel, Adam Sparks, to get his thoughts on the quarterback battle, of course, but also to find out how this team has progressed from the start of fall practice. Yeah, I don't think a whole lot of progress was was made. Um, it was close to the media, but but I've I've heard from back channels that it was sloppy and you couldn't tell much. I guess I guess the positive thing was Josh Heupel said turnovers weren't really an issue. Center quarterback exchange wasn't an issue. Special teams wasn't a big problem. So the things that you need to do well in the rain, if they happen to play a couple of games in the rain this year, they were good on on those type of situations. But, um, you know, Hypo likes to say they were pretty even in this scrimmage and they've been pretty even last week. I guess that's a positive thing because the first scrimmage, he, he pretty much put it out that the defense is better than his offense. I think for Tennessee to be competitive, their offense needs to be better than their defense because the defense is probably not going to be very good. It may be mediocre. Um, offense needs to be good because that's what Josh Heupel was hired uh, to do. So I, I guess it's a small positive thing that the offense bounced back a little bit in this one. You've covered an SEC team and been on the SEC beat for almost a decade. What You bring a fresh set of eyes to this this football team where is this team relative to where you've seen past Tennessee teams, where fans expect past Tennessee teams to be? Do you have any sense of where this team is right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about what's up front, um, off, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, you know, you just think historically Tennessee teams have been able to overpower opponents, even in the SEC for the most part uh, on uh, up front. Now, I know that hasn't been that much of the case in the past decade, but even some of their – Middle of the road teams had guys in the, even in the front seven that were pretty good. They lost a number of guys in the transfer portal, so that's a problem. Offensive line and defensive line, and certainly in the linebacking core as well. So I, I'm concerned about that in SEC play. I think this offense is going to be better than the one we saw under Jeremy Pruitt. I think it'd be hard to be worse, uh, but they should be more exciting. I mean, the big question is whether or not they're going to have a quarterback to throw the ball. You know, it, Joe Milton is the one that everybody wants to see because he's got a huge arm. Now, big arm, if you're accurate, means a lot. In the NFL, you have to have a big arm to get into tight windows. 
um, big arm and not accurate uh, and not and no touch, that doesn't do you any good. And we can go through, you know, draft classes over and over about the big armed guy. Joe Milton has a big arm. Jalen Hyatt, one of the better wide receivers yesterday, said that in the first scrimmage, Joe Milton threw a ball that was 70 to 80 yards and even a safety gave up on the ball. That's great. I don't know how well the offensive line is going to hold up to run a 75-yard route. So we'll see if that pans out. I think I think this quarterback competition is probably down to two guys. Joe Milton is one of those two guys. The question more is who the number two is, uh, Hendon Hooker, the Virginia Tech transfer, or uh, Harrison Bailey, the sophomore. I tend to think one of those two guys is more of the stabilized the game type of guy, and Joe Milton is the all-or-nothing guy. Joe Milton is the home runner strikeout. Bailey or Hooker is the I'll come in and hit 270 kind of guy, you know, to, to kind of save a game. And, and we'll see which one of those guys uh, it is. But I think Milton will certainly be one of the two. You know, we've talked about the quarterbacks in Tennessee a lot this summer. Here's the question. Does it matter? Does it matter which quarterback plays? Are they still just going to be five and seven or six and six? Is it actually have a huge impact on who actually takes every snap? Well, I think if it's Milton, it could. Uh, if Milton has the is the high end guy. He's the upside guy. Again, the home run or strikeout guy. So if it's him, yeah, this could be a pretty good offense because he can throw the ball downfield. At least he has the arm to. He's he just looks different than the other guys. He's 6'5, 240, and he can run. I mean, there's some there's some really good ability there. Now, the obvious question is if he had that kind of ability as a freshman, then why isn't he still at Michigan? And that's always the case with transfers, right? It's a guy that has three years of eligibility left, yet he didn't, Michigan didn't kind of hold on to him. So I have some pretty big questions with that. But yeah, if it's Milton, over time, he can, they can be really good on offense and they can be pretty good this year. If it's one of the other two guys, yeah, I think this is kind of a middle of the road team and it probably is anyway. I think the biggest thing with Tennessee's record this year and predicting that is just the schedule. They could be seven and five and be just okay because their schedule is pretty weak. Should go four and oh in non conference. And then you're just talking about getting three wins in SEC play. And then you're seven and five. That's that's an okay team that's got a record better than probably what they, they would be. I, I tend to think this would be around a, a, a 500 team. I, I'd be surprised if they're much below that. I'd be surprised if they're much above that. Special thanks to Adam Sparks. I don't know if this team can win seven games. I don't see it, so I don't necessarily agree with him on that. However, I do agree with him that there are some questions along both lines of scrimmage. And part of the reason I don't agree with him on the seven wins is some of those swing games, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Kentucky, those are teams with really good defensive lines and some of them good offensive lines. You're going to have to win the battles up front to beat those teams, and I don't know if Tennessee can do that. So we'll have to see. Second scrimmage in the books in Knoxville as the quarterback battle continues to rage on in East Tennessee. Your Golden Nuggets coming up in just a second, but of course a huge match on Wednesday evening at Nissan Stadium against Orlando City SC. Two teams battling for playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference. Two teams that MLS wants to be a rivalry. Points are at a premium right now as we head into the back third of the schedule. Nashville SC only has so many home matches left, and this is a huge one. After collecting three points on Sunday, they need three more on Wednesday before taking the weekend off. So just again, tune in, 7.30, Nissan Stadium. Huge match for the boys in gold. So let's get to some golden nuggets here, of course. This was the first time in the club's professional history that two players shared a multi-goal game that, of course, C.J. Sapong and off the bench, Alex Mouille. 
Yeah, Sapong so scored headers in the 14th and 31st minutes, and for his effort was named to the MLS Team of the Week, finished second in MLS Player of the Week voting, unfortunately. And then Alex Muil bookended in the 80th and 87th minutes. He closed the game with his brace, and um, Nashville had previously only had five multi-goal games by a single player in MLS, three from Hani Mukhtar, including one last year, one from Luke Hawkinson, and then one from Sapong against Cincinnati earlier this year. So for two guys to do it in the same game, which had never happened at the USL level even, um, is something that I think kind of indicates a lot of what you like to see about the way that this Nashville SC franchise is kind of progressing and, and finding its way as a team in MLS. Uh, Nashville SC once again conceded a set-piece goal without Walker Zimmerman. Opponents are up to six set-piece goals without him on the field this year. They scored one with him on the field, which is the weird New York Red Bulls bouncing from their own defensive end, the free kick. I kind of don't really count that one as a true set-piece goal. So when he's been on the pitch, which has been about half of the year at this point, opponents just don't have opportunities to score from set-pieces, and they don't score from set-pieces. We saw during the first half Sunday evening that when he is not on the pitch, uh, maybe occasionally the guys who are stepping in for him are who are very good in other ways don't quite have that sort of aerial dominance, and that's part of what Walker Zimmerman brings. It's why he's the reigning defensive player of the year in this league. Maybe some of that is also because he gets it done on set-pieces on the other end of the pitch where he's managed to score pretty regularly for this team too but it's something that you want to have your best players on the pitch and we see exactly what Walker Zimmerman brings in that other players maybe don't quite bring it the same way that was Tim Sullivan of course of club and country the podcast of record here on the 440 Sports Network out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC of course normally Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan yours truly filling in the last two weeks but Wes is back next week so make sure you tune in for that big match of course on Wednesday evening against Orlando City at Nissan Stadium and then the weekend off for the boys in gold so make sure you check out that show club and country out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC of course a reminder that the 440 is brought to you every single morning for free that's right to you for zero dollars Because of the Kingston Group, my great friends over at BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They've been doing this work for over a decade in Nashville, and they are successful because they are trustworthy and their work is excellent. That's it. You can trust them, and they do great work. It's not much more complicated than that. The Kingston Group. Go to the website, BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the show. Vote for it on the best of for the Nashville scene. Rate, review, and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Enjoy the match tonight. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, August 18th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.